0: Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. God bless you guys. This is Pastor George again coming to your homes here from RCC. We're so excited to be able to connect through technology and through the Word of God. We're gonna get into the word of God right now. I'm very excited about today's word, prophetically how it applies to your life. But I wanna harp on what you saw on the announcement portion of our service. We are so excited to be uh, reaching our first responders, our police officers, our firefighters, eventually our the medical professionals. We are praying about how to reach our city for the Lord. And so with our outreach director, Randy and uh, of the help of some others, we are really going out for the first responders to bless them. The firefighters as well as the police officers. Just the other day, a police officer from the Apopka Police Department came here to RCC and we were able to bless them with several thank you cards stuffed with uh, gift cards to Subway just so they could have a chance to eat. And so they were so grateful. We were able to pray for them and pray for the police department. But we also want to be able to do this for the firefighters. The firefighters is a little bit different as you heard in the announcement. So again, I wanna encourage you to do, go to either remnantchristiancenter.com in the giving section or go to our app, into the giving session and into the drop-down menu, you will see where it says first responder outreach and you will be able to give to that. Let's go ahead and be a light. Let's give to these first responders are so grateful and we're reaching them right in our city. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So let's go to the Bible. I'm excited. Again, you probably guys know this. I haven't done a series in uh, since this pandemic started. Because I really feel every week the Lord is highlighting something for the now. Not that series are not for the now, but I believe that at the right time, I'll start a series so that we could be able to go deeper in the Word. But for now, I really want to share with you what's been on my heart when it comes to what time we're living in and also regarding our calling during this time. Let me pause and say this. I believe one of the things that are neglected during this time because we're so busy trying to cover and and bring things to normal is the fact that God is wanting the sons and daughters of God to arise into their callings now more than ever is when we need to say yes to the personal call of God on our lives because the personal call of God does not just affect you your yes affects everybody else that will be affected by your yes and I'm gonna share that with you and that's a good segue to the message title of my message today and my message title is called Leaving the Boat Behind. I, wanna, I don't think I've ever shared this. I've shared a lot with Peter that you're going to hear today. But in this particular context, I want to talk on the subject of leaving your boat behind. And with that said, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter four. We're going to go to two scriptures, Matthew chapter four, uh, and then we're going to jump into John chapter 21 on purpose so that I could create context of these two drastic uh, kind of stories involving the same people, okay? And so in Matthew chapter four, verse 18 through 22, in the New King James, uh, it says something interesting because this is the early days, right when Jesus was about to pick his disciples. And I want you to see something. It says, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living." Now, you need to hear that. They fished for a living. That was their business. They knew exactly how to do that trade. They were very successful in that business. I want you to keep that in mind because this is very important. Now, remember, this is pre-Jesus, what we're reading right now. They did not know really who Jesus was as their Lord and Savior in a sense. Um, and they were just fishing, they were doing their trade with their boats and fishes, okay? They fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And this is in the, in the NLT version. So if I said, New King James, forgive me. This is the NLT version. I will show you how to fish for people. Of course, that phrase we're familiar with, I will make you fishers of men. And the NLT it says, I will make you, show you how to fish for people, and they left their nets, and once uh, and at once they followed him. Now uh, that was pre-Jesus. Now I want to fast forward to John chapter 21, which is this is right after Jesus. This is so powerful. I need you to hear me. Jesus resurrected. He went on the cross, and now there's all this turmoil and trauma. going to talk a little bit today how peter handled trauma and how we will handle trauma and crisis okay so this is after a very traumatic event the crucifixion for them it was immense for them they thought that jesus was going to reign on the earth right now and all of a sudden their pastor their leader just died now i want you to see picking up on john chapter 21 after this happened i want you to see a powerful principle later jesus appeared again this is verse one through seven Uh, But I'm going to probably stop uh, somewhere in the middle. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the son of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter, again, was there. And he said, now watch, I am going fishing. And the other disciples said, We'll come too. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. You guys need to hear this because they were professional fishermen. They knew what they're doing. So it was actually a little odd and rare that these professional fishermen with all their skill did not catch anything. We'll come to. They fished. They could not catch anything. At, at that time, at dawn, Jesus was standing by the beach, on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, "'Fellas, have you caught any fish?' "'No,' they replied. Then he said, "'Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you will catch some.' So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple, who Jesus loved, said to Peter, "'It is the Lord.' When Simon Peter heard it, uh, it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped uh, stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to the shore. I believe that's actually the new, uh, NLT version. Now, this is two stories that are similar, but they have a different feel to it. In the beginning, pre-Jesus, they were fishing, right? And then after Jesus, they were fishing, but they caught nothing. Why do I say that? Because... This example, the latter part of the scripture is an example of how Peter and the disciples dealt with severe trauma, severe crisis in their life, severe pain in their life. They resorted to going back watches to an old lifestyle. Whenever there is a crisis or a trauma in our lives, one of the first things or first flags that that are impulses in our humanity is to go back to our old way of living even before Christ and many times those old way of living to try to resort with trauma is our way to um, deal with a painful situation and I say this because we can learn a lot about how the disciples uh, responded to trauma to crisis to pain by reading these two stories and getting a principle of it because some people they feel embarrassed when uh, they have emotional problems, when they have crisis, and they feel like they have to cover up because they don't um, get healed quickly. And I just wanna encourage you, you don't have to cover up or, or protect God and say that everything is good all the time. It's okay to say, you know what? I'm struggling with some things, but I recognize I can't go back to my old ways. I need to deal with it the biblical way. I believe that what we're facing even in the world right now If we're not careful, we could resort to some old ways of thinking, old ways of living that may not necessarily please the Lord. And I say this because you saw what happened in Matthew and you saw what happened at the end with John John, and John. Peter resorted to his old way of living to cope. Come on, man, to cope with a traumatic problem. You say, what was the traumatic problem? The crucifixion just happened. Everything was happening around them and things were not the same anymore. Don't we feel that things are not the same right now? Don't we feel that things have been loosened in our life and it's kind of chaotic? Things were not the same. There was not the same stability as when Jesus was walking on the earth. It wasn't popular at this time to walk with Jesus because the people that claimed the, the resurrection at that time were being on the hit list to be killed. And so this is a moment that we could learn, and I wanna share from my heart a couple of things that I saw here that's so prophetic, because when we suffer great loss and we suffer great stress, not only do we deal with the grief, but in the process of that grief, please hear me now, uh, we become vulnerable to anyone or anything around us because we're so um, concerned about managing our environment that sometimes in the midst of the stress or the crisis we are vulnerable to anything or anyone that comes near us why and unknowingly at times just like in peter we may make some decisions that are not healthy for us or for the people around us why because we're so busy trying to patch the holes of our environment that are no longer normal that are no longer um uh, in a way what it used to be right and so we are more vulnerable during crisis we're more vulnerable during pain we're more vulnerable during times of great distress because we're so busy trying to uh, put out fires that unknowingly we may even um miss out on some good relationships during that time because we're so busy taking out fires. And I believe Peter and the disciples, because it wasn't only Peter, the Bible says Peter and the disciples went pack fishing. Boy, I could preach a whole hour on this. They went back to what was familiar before they knew Jesus. Now I want to say fishing as a business is not bad. It's not sin. But what happened is that they resorted by default to an old lifestyle when pain and pressure hit, hit them. And so I want to just encourage you uh, that sometimes the things that going back means is entertaining things that God has already moved on from your life. Come on, say amen. Sometimes going back means that you're going back from, to, to something that God has already moved on from your life. That is prophetic for someone. This is for someone here watching today, that you, you're you being tempted in your mind um, from the enemy or even through your own pain to go back to a certain lifestyle that kind of brought you control. It, it, you were in control of the situation and they brought you maybe some sort of a security blanket because as I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but you're gonna realize the reason why I titled this message, um, th- what I did, which was leaving the boat behind because I'm gonna tell you what I feel prophetically the boat symbolizes and is this, the boat to you and I and to Peter symbolizes his security blanket of what he was wanting to go back to, watch this, in case, just in case what God spoke didn't come to pass. Oh, this is so good, this is so good. You know why I say that? Because when God speaks, though it may delay and look totally different then what you are sensing, if we're not discernful enough to know that God is in control of our lives, what will happen is that we will take matter into our own hands and we'll have the security blanket called the boat. And I I wanna share this prophetically with you guys uh, because I believe that this same principle that drove Peter to be traumatized is similar to what I'm talking about. Why? Because he expected Jesus, hear me now, to do something that had not yet been accomplished. Now, please zoom in on me from your homes because this is important for me, I believe. This is the principle that drove Peter to be traumatized, is this. G- Peter expected Jesus to do a couple of things in his mind before this whole chaotic thing of the crucifixion and people that are Christians, that are not popular anymore, they're they're on the hit list to get killed, right? Now watch this, Jesus promised certain things, but Peter felt that they needed to get it before he died. Things like uh, Jesus didn't step up and immediately establish an earthly kingdom, right? He didn't give Peter a platform, okay? Hello, that causes Peter to get disappointed. You get disappointed when you expect something that in your own interpretation, during your own pain, that you expect something that God uh, was going to give you. And when he didn't give it to you exactly how you panned out to be, it will cause us to react in a certain way, especially when crisis comes. So in Peter's mind, hey, you failed to be uh, to set up your kingdom here on earth. That's probably what he thought. Uh, You failed to give me a platform. Now, all these things are happening. Now, my pastor, my, my leader, Jesus, now he's, he's no longer here. I'm not eating with him. I'm not, I'm not talking to him anymore. Things are not, watch this, the same. I I say that because it, Peter just didn't go fishing because he wanted to catch some fish. You know why? Because the Bible clearly says in the beginning, if, he, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Now, now think about that too. We know this because we're Christians, but think about, Say that to a professional fisherman. Think about saying, Hey, you guys think you're catching fish. Well, I'm gonna train you how to catch people. It it doesn't register, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, right? In other words, it requires training, it requires something new, right? For Peter to be able to get to. But yet when Jesus was no longer there and there was this big traumatic moment in all of the disciples lives they felt let down they felt their messiah was not there they felt all these kind of things what did some of them do they resorted to old lifestyle watch this as a security blanket as a security blanket and man i wish i had some people here saying amen praise the lord but this is good stuff you know because in an endeavor to deal with trauma as a christian peter started reverting back to fishing Again, fishing is not a sin, but it was his representation of his whole, his old lifestyle before Christ. There are some things that um, stay with us uh, sometimes when we get saved. I want to pause and say this. With Peter, just like us, there are some things that Peter had to deal with for a lot of his life, even while he was walking with Jesus. See, when we first give our lives to the Lord, there's some things that instantly fall off of us. Obviously sin is taken care of when we come to the Lord, but there's some, maybe some personality quirks or some um, some habits that are kind of in us and with us for a while until we get really delivered from that. But I think that what happens is we need to identify in our lives that that, Just because you have some problems doesn't mean that you're not saved. Amen. I want to say that again. Just because you're not totally smiling all the time and just because there's some things that you still got to wrestle with right in your life does not mean you're not saved. It's like I think that sometimes the church is so famous for acting like something that we're not. And uh, that's why a lot of worldly people don't relate to Christians, because we come off phony, because we act like we never have any problems. We, have like, we act like we never struggle with anything. We act like we never have gone through anything. But let me tell you something. If I was Jesus, I would not pick who Jesus picked as leaders. As a matter of fact, the people that Jesus picked, watch this, for, uh, the, for him to have as his 12 disciples to be his key leaders, none of them were initially preachers or rabbis. But think about that. None of them. There were tax collectors. There were people that were on the streets. There were fishermen. There were, there were people that cursed, right? But Jesus picked these people because there is a reason. I mean, church people act like we're never impatient sometimes. We act like we never lose our temper sometimes. We act like we have it all together and we're never, and we're never irritable sometimes. And we're never annoying sometimes. But guess what? We are, but that does not disqualify you from the call of God on your life. If I want to harp on something today is identifying the boat, which is our security blanket during trauma and allowing your calling to rise. Now is the time for your calling to start coming into manifestation because there's a world waiting for the sons and daughters to arise. Amen. That's why many people are this way. And Peter, like, you have to understand, none of them were were official preachers, like I said. So that tells me that Jesus has a plan for you. But in order for us to get totally healed, God wants to reel you. Listen, listen, God can't heal you unless you start getting real. I wrote this statement down. You can't be healed if you won't be real. You can't be healed if you won't be real. If you and I begin to present a, oh, I'm okay, everything's okay, nothing bothers me. Well, I'm a Christian, so you know, I, nothing should bother me right now. And and realize that when we embrace our humanity it does not disqualify us from the call of God in our lives. Just because we're saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going through this crisis. I don't know how to deal with this. As long as we realize biblical principles and warnings of what to stay away from and what to do, Guys, I'm going to tell you, we're going to come out on the other side. Can I hear an amen? This is awesome. So Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. In other words, not what you're familiar with, All right. So I, I want to pause and say this when it comes to your calling. Because listen to this. Peter had a calling. But at that time, listen, at that time, after Jesus' resurrection, his call was being threatened. I'm going to go somewhere with this. Hear me. His call was being threatened. Why? Because of his inability to cope or understand the, the the trauma that was happening in his life. Remember he, did, he had just denied Jesus three times and then Jesus restored him. So he had all this in the back of his head, then Jesus goes, he goes to heaven. So he has to now deal with the leftover pain. Have you ever been in a situation where you have to deal with the leftover chaos? Like chaos happens and now there's uh, fragments of, of things in your life that you have to pick up. You know what the one of the first, watch this, you know what the one of the first thing the enemy attacks when it comes to uh, throwing uh, this trauma or throwing these stresses at you or even life throwing that to you. You know what the aim of it? It's not just to get you off track with the Lord. Obviously that's, that's one of the main goals, but it's to get you to stop what you're called to do by Jesus. When Peter said, I'm going fishing, what he basically said is, I'm no longer a fisher of men. I don't know what Jesus was talking about. Well, I feel the Holy Spirit here. I I, I don't know if, if Jesus really meant what he was meaning. I'm going to go back to what I do well. I'm going to go back to my old lifestyle because obviously Jesus is not here. So you know what? I'm just going to go to this place. Let me, let me tell you something. Peter... Let me tell you about Peter's temperament, okay? We all know this, right? He was the he wasn't the he wasn't the quietest person in the bunch. He had a temper. He was he had he was a hothead. He was cutting off people's ears and stuff, you know? And he was and he was uh, cursing, yeah, cursing. He had a cursing problem, right? But Jesus said your calling is still the same but it's what you do during these crisis moments that attacks the call of god notice that when crisis and trauma hit peter and some of the disciples they almost gave up their calling had not jesus showed up on the scene like in that scripture in john and said hey throw it to the other side who knows what would have happened who knows yes the holy spirit was with them yes the holy spirit was going to make them go back to the way but let me tell you something if the enemy cannot destroy your calling. He will delay it as much as possible. Guys, Romans, the book of Romans says, the whole world of creation is eagerly waiting, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Do you realize that one of the number one things that the enemy wants to block during trauma or get pain to our lives is our calling? Everybody say calling. It's a call of God is super powerful important in this hour. And I want to just highlight some things about Peter, because some of you have heard me say some of this before, but this is in a different context. Just to encourage some of you that uh, you feel you lost your way. You feel like, man, I don't even know if I have a calling anymore. This whole situation, this pandemic has thrown me so off kilter. I don't even know what to do anymore. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, watch this now, that the call of God placed on your life is greater than the trauma that you're experiencing. And I'll even say something better. The call of God that God gave you doesn't change or hasn't changed just because you're going through a traumatic experience in your life. Always remember that because the enemy will convince you I'm done. I'm in too much pain. The call of God that God gave me years ago is no longer there. And we will resort to going to fish again. Whatever that boat is for us, whatever that security is for us. So, so with that said, I want to look look at, with me some of the the uh, things that I wrote down about Peter, right? Just to give you hope. Every time I, I I read about Peter, I'm like, man, there's hope for humanity. Glory to God, there's hope for humanity because if Peter could have the call of God, look look at Peter. Peter was like always oh, getting into trouble with his mouth. With his mouth, he's like. Hey, what are you, you going to do with John, Jesus? You what are you going to do with that guy, John? You know, and Jesus is like, don't worry about him. I got something for 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 you and for him. But but what about him? And then another time, he's P- Peter, great Peter, right? The call of God, Peter was like, hey, do you want us to call fire down, Jesus, to these people that don't want you to come into their village? And Peter was serious. He was like, I want to call down fire. Just say the word. Peter, Jesus like, no, it's not time to call down fire, Peter. Now, this is while G- Peter was walking with Jesus. And he's my favorite one, the one that you guys know. Hey, Peter, Peter's like, hey, listen, uh, Jesus, and I'm paraphrasing. Jesus, I don't know about this whole, you know, rooster corn three times business, but uh, I'm just like, you know, I got your back. I got your back. I ain't going to deny you. But Jesus said, okay, we'll see what happens when, when pressure hits your life, how you react. And you know what happened? And so i want to progress by saying peter had a lot of issues he had a lot of issues in his life but that did not stop the call of god from his life now part two of this is for peter his security blanket was going back to commercial fishing as a business when god had watched this already called him out let me pause to say this This is the word of the hour for the body of Christ and for you. Jesus said in his word, in the gospels, new wine cannot be held in old wineskin. In other words, he says the new wine that I want to pour out into you, it cannot be contained in old mentalities, old lifestyle or old wineskin. Why? He said because when the new wine comes into the old wineskin, the new wine. Wine will burst the old wineskin open. So guess what? I believe that this is also a mentality and heart change of how we deal with crisis and trauma and hurt in our life. There has to be an allowing of the Lord to mold that new wineskin so that the new wine could come into our lives so that we could be vibrant and so that we could be successful in the Lord. And I love this. And, I, and I, I'm, gonna leave, I'm gonna say some things for the next 10 minutes and then I'm gonna close. I hope you're enjoying this at your homes because I'm enjoying it while I'm preaching it to you. The Bible says something really powerful. Jesus saw the propensity of Peter, of, of how he was going, and he said something that I wanna share first in the New King James, and then I wanna really share it in the King James Version. And it's in Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 32, all right? First in the New King James, but then I wanna say, say, actually, no, it's the NLT, sorry, I keep saying New King James in the NLT. Luke 22, verse 31 says this, watch this. Peter while 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 he was walking with Jesus Jesus saw the propensity of Peter kind of going this way when 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 pressure hits him right he said Simon Simon in Luke 22 verse 31 Satan has asked to sift you each of you like wheat But I have, watch this, I love this, Jesus said, I have pleaded in prayer for you, pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented, turn to me again and strengthen your brothers. Now watch how it reads in Luke 22 in the King James, in the old uh, King James Version. It says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, not watch this, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. In the the NLT, it says he desires to sift you as wheat. But in this case, he says, first, he desires to have you. That he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen your brethren. Now, Now notice that Satan here doesn't not just want to tempt Peter or just confuse Peter. He wants to have him. Jesus said, Simon, I'm hearing in the spirit, Satan is craving to have you. In other words, to own you. He's seeing some holes in your armor. He's seeing some things about your life. And he is craving to have you and own you. He's craving to to get out those all those insecurities in your life to make you go away from me. But then Jesus said something so powerful. Please hear me. This is as I'm coming to a close. Jesus said this to Peter. He said, but I have prayed for you. There's two things. I have prayed for you. Watch this when you repent and return are you ready for this strengthen your brothers okay wait 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 this is so powerful you know what jesus is saying your calling is not just for you the reason why i want you to come back the reason why i want you to be healed the reason i want you to be restored because it's not just for you is because of your brothers the brethren the people that you're going to use to strengthen. So it's important, Peter, that you are healed. It's important, Peter, that you're restored because, watch this, oh gosh, your restoration, Peter, is going to help restore others because sick people can't bring healing to people because they're weak. Healed people will heal people. Jesus, in essence, was saying this to Peter. He's saying, you know what the fight is about? You know what the fight, you know, the whole sifting is weak, not just to destroy you. Watch this again, to destroy the call that I have placed on your life. He said, but I've prayed for you because what you, in, in essence, in 2020 version, Jesus was saying, there's a lot of people that you're going to touch. And for a while, this whole trauma thing is going to get to you. But when you repent and you get healed, strengthen the brethren. In other words, strengthen them because I need you. Let me tell you something. The Lord needs you in this hour. He doesn't have a need in himself because he's almighty God. But he needs people to arise to be the arm and feet of Jesus. Oh, this is so good. And once Satan realizes that, that you are coming back into a place of your calling, that is when people will start getting saved. That's when people will start getting restored and feel the power and the call of God. When you've repented, he said, return to me and return to your brothers and strengthen your brothers. So I'll close by saying this. The boat represents in your life, the boat represents the things that we hold on to just in case God's plan didn't work. Let me ask you guys something. When is it a just-in-case moment that God won't come through if God already told you he's going to go through or he confirmed his calling to you or if he saved you or if he spoke to you? The security blanket is the boat. I'm going to actually read something. Not only does the boat represent the security blanket, but I want to read this so that I won't mess it up. Whenever we go to another thing, first other than God, when trauma or pain hits, that's your boat. Whatever we go to when trauma or pain hits, whatever we go to when, when hurt comes into our life, other than first going to the Lord in these situations, that's our boat and that's why i believe now listen this is i'm really coming to a close but you've heard me say this from so different angles but i've never said it from the angle that i'm about to say it so so pay attention that's why i believe that secretly one of jesus's desires when he was walking on the water watch this and, he, and the storm was happening i believe that jesus instinctively knew that loud good old, spontaneous Peter would be the one to say, hey, is that you? Bid me to come. Now, some of you guys have heard me preach that message, but this is not what I'm getting at. I believe in a revelatory way that Jesus secretly wanted Peter to say, is that you? So that he could feel the ecstasy and the freedom of what it feels of leaving the boat. He, I believe he wanted to say, hey, you know what? I want Peter to, to feel what it feels like to see what it feels like when he just trusts me enough and steps off the boat, his security blanket, and I want to—I want to see, see. See, we always talk about uh, that story where Peter walking on water and then immediately falling. But you know what? It doesn't. It, the Bible doesn't say how long he walked. So guess what? There must have been a, a moment of thrill and ecstasy and freedom to know. Wait a minute, I'm no longer confined by my security blanket i'm actually watching watch this it feels good to trust god and i'm walking on water and i believe this with all my heart that sometimes god is actually on the water pointing to you because he's actually wanting you to get out of the boat i'm going to end with this i want you to look at this time that you're in in your homes and i want you to look at the the situations that you're in and Listen, I'm going to close right now in a couple minutes, but I want you to, to look at me. What is the situation in your life that is causing such uh, conflict, uh, trauma, pain, right? How are we reacting? Number one, are you going to a security blanket? Are you going to a boat, your boat, Peter and John? And then they went back to their old lifestyle. What is it that the enemy is tempting you to do about an old lifestyle during this uh, time of pandemic in the world. And number 2 is the call of God in your life being suppressed in this hour because of fear. Those two things were the main things that the enemy was trying to attack from Peter is he's trying to get him to go to the security blanket and not trust God right during these times. And number 2, he wanted to convince him, "Hey, I'm not a fisher, man. I'm just a I'm just a plain old fisher. I'm so I'm going to a fish and I'm just going to go back to my old lifestyle." And both were not True. He was a fisher of men. And of course, Jesus comes on the scene and you know that he restored them. So I wanted to say this. He tried everything, guys. He went back. And by the way, he was very successful. But watch this. This time we're going to end. This time around, it didn't work for Peter. This time around, when he went and actually went to, to his trade, the Lord let him. See, the Lord is so merciful. He'll let you. He'll let you. He'll never force you. He let him go back to his lifestyle only to prove he caught nothing. Why? In the beginning scripture, he said, have you caught anything? He goes, we've toiled all night. We haven't caught anything. That's super rare for a professional fisherman to to, to toil all night and not catch one fish. But guess what? It was a sign, a prophetic sign from the Lord. The old way is not going to work anymore for you. Your old lifestyle is not going to work anymore for you. So what am I going to say to you? I want you to say this with me. Today is my last day on the boat. Today, I'm leaving the boat behind, my security blanket behind, and I'm going to watch this. Allow the original call of God, whether it's be a teacher, whether it's a lawyer, whether there's a preacher, whether there's a pastor, whether there's a musician, I'm going to watch this. Activate my calling today. Don't wait any longer. You know why? Because at any time in history that people need your calling, that's right, your calling, not just Pastor George's calling, is right now. Come on, guys. It's time to rise up. It's time to embrace your coming. I want you to take this moment with me and just close your eyes right now. I want you to just close your eyes right there in your home. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and touch you. Father, I'm asking that you would revive right now the call of God in everyone's life. And I'm asking, Lord Jesus, that whatever it is that you've spoke before, Lord God, whether it's teaching, whether it's writing, whether it's blogging, Lord God, whether it's, uh, whether it's entrepreneurship for the kingdom of God, I'm asking, let them pick up their calling today. Let them work on it today. The time is now to start for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God are waiting to, to reveal itself to the whole world. And then secondly... I ask, Lord Jesus, that we would identify our boat. Right now, as they're in their homes, I'm asking that you would speak to them. What is their boat? What is their security blanket that that we always run to when crisis and pain and trauma happens? Father, I'm asking that we leave the boat behind and fully trust and surrender to your power in our lives. We ask, Lord God, to refresh them but I, I say now prophetically, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I prophesy to your calling. I say, come forth. I prophesy to you, the gift of God in you. And I say, now's the time. You don't have to. Listen, the church is out of the walls. I have news for you. The church has left the building. Come on, say amen. The church has left the building, and that's a good thing. Amen. Well, listen, if you guys prayed this and if you guys been stirred by this message, we want you to go ahead and visit our website. There's a time for first-time visitors there. Also, there's a link there when you go to our website. If you want to give your life to the Lord, if you want to surrender your life to the Lord, I encourage you, don't wait any longer. God is knocking at your door. If you're tuning in today, it's simple. The Bible says if you repent of your sins and you say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask you to come into my life. I repent for my sins. I recognize that you are the Lord and a savior. And I'm asking you to save my life. The Bible says he'll come into your life. He'll forgive you of your sins. The Bible says you will have everlasting life with him. That's a beautiful thing. And you will be changed from the inside out. If you prayed those things and if you want more information, go to our website. We have more things for you. We love you. We bless you. And listen, I want to just encourage you right now as we transition out, still be faithful with your tithe and offerings. It's very important that we continue to operate to be a blessing to the community and for the work of the Lord to continue. So, right now, in a couple of seconds, you're going to see a video about tithe and offerings. Please don't tune us out. Please be faithful to the Lord with your tithe and offerings, tithe and offerings, and he will bless you. Hope to see you guys soon. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.